0: See?
1: Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with comedian and podcaster Aaron McGathy. She hosts This Feels Terrible and Human Conversation with Aaron McGathy and Wayne Fetterman. She is also a recent divorcee. I said that so weird and so wrong. She's recently divorced. I'm not going to use the fancy word with two E's on the end. Um, and she's an expat living in Ireland. But she's in town now. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I know we've um sort of been kind of like casually talking about it for a long time now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to be here finally. Here you are.
1: <laughs> so, of all that stuff, what should we start with? What's like what's <laughs> going on today?
2: Uh, what's going on today? Well, uh, I'm preparing for a U.S. tour of my podcast. This feels terrible. So today was filled with just a lot of frustrating emails and things, (laughs) which is a a fun fodder for conversation, but that's going on. Um, I'm divorced every day since (laughs) being divorced.
1: And that happened in November?
2: Uh, the, you know, I actually don't know if I am actually officially divorced oh, okay. as of today.
1: I tried to use that word that I could barely even pull off. <laughs> and it might not even be accurate. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean we <laughs> it's such a funny thing to start the podcast with. Um because it sounds like it's my occupation, like a professional <laughs> divorce. But there uh, are
1: people who I think that is their occupation, but I don't mm, I don't think it's yours.
2: No, it's not. Um I let's see, we we broke up in October. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think maybe filed in November. Okay. And it's six months. There's a six-month waiting period in California.
1: Right. So, And you were married to Dan Harmon, who people know from Harmontown and community. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, I would feel weird... And I'm wondering if I should feel weird about starting with this and and pressing with this, except that I know that you speak very openly about it on your podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, it's not my it's not my
2: only thing, but it definitely because <laughs> my podcast is about relationships, and it's definitely obviously it's a it's a thing, right? Getting married and then unmarried.
1: Yeah. Well, le- okay. I want to get into that, but let's let's start with um, where did you grow up?
2: Uh, my dad was in the military. He was a chaplain in the military, so I grew up kind of all over. Mm-hmm. So was born in
1: Japan. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you speak any Japanese? We were just talking about Jeff's desire. Jeff, my producer, ah. his desire to speak Japanese. Hi. <laughs> before the podcast started.
0: Oh, I was just saying hi. I didn't mean yes. <laughs> hi.
2: You do. You do cut the silhouette of someone who would like to learn Japanese. Hi. <laughs> Is that a compliment? I think so. I don't. Th- I don't think it's. It's. Yeah, uh, you couldn't
0: be insulted by that.
1: That's true. It what does means that say about? you something. I'm what very continental, say- <laughs> yeah. intellectual. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know why I said. is that is that a compliment? That and- actually sounds terrible. And when I like, I asked and that- I like <laughs> udon
0: noodles.
2: Ah, uh, but no, I do not speak any okay. Japanese. I only lived there until I was three years old, and then our family moved around a lot. We did live to- live in Italy for a few years when I was ten. Mm-hmm. So that was. I remember that. Uh. But yeah, I grew up, grew up all over. Did right you there. have
1: a, a happy childhood?
2: I think so. Um, yeah, I had, a very, I, I had a very happy childhood. I had uh, my mom died when I was a teenager, so that kind of shook up right uh, happy the happy times. But um, I think as a family that moved together around the country, or around the world, so much it was me and my younger brother. Mm-hmm. We're still very close. And uh, very close to my dad. And I think a lot of that has to do with us moving around so much right. and having just each other.
1: Mm. And yeah. how old were you when your mom died? I was 17. 16. Was she had cancer?
2: Yes. Can, um, do you want to guess the cancer?
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't. I'm just going to let you answer that one.
2: <laughs> it was ovarian cancer. Um, <laughs> yep. So I'm the uh, the cancer mom divorcee person. So <laughs> so very exciting.
1: Uh, that must have been really hard. I mean, I think it's hard at oh, any no. age. Oh no! It
2: was super fun. <laughs> it was really, it was really good. Uh, no, it was yeah. Of course, it was it was hard.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was listening to you. Uh, talk I believe it was with your first boyfriend and you just kind of casually mentioned that you lost your mom and then your dad went insane. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering <laughs> what happened. <laughs> what that is it referring to? Uh
2: well, my dad didn't go clinically insane, but he my parents were very close. So when my mom passed away, my dad was uh didn't know how to function mm-hmm. as a widower or as a father really, but he did a he did a great job eventually, but like right away it was really uh it was hard to deal with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, were you like great now I've lost both parents?
2: <laughs> uh it was it was frustrating because I felt like I had to deal with I mean, I guess in a way, yeah. It kind of felt like I had lost bo- both parents. Definitely like the stability of I lost all stability. But um yeah, it was it was there I was really concerned about my dad mm-hmm. and then concerned about my younger brother. So during that time was just mostly focusing on how he was kind of losing it a little bit and didn't know how to operate really. <laughs> like for example, he we went grocery shopping for the first time with him right after my mom passed away and he like, he had never taken us grocery shopping by himself. So, like, he spent hours and hours collecting coupons and stuff because he thought <laughs> that's what you did when you went yeah. to the grocery store. So and, – and because he was in the military, everything he did had kind of a military tone to it. So in the car beforehand, he was like, all right, we're going to go from left to right <laughs> and don't ask for anything that's not on this list, et cetera, et cetera. And we went in and he was so – he got so overwhelmed trying to find everything on the coupon and then halfway through – the grocery trip, and I'm sure me and my brother weren't helping. We were probably the fucking around and being silly. And uh, my dad halfway through just abandoned the cart and just walked out and just got into the car. Like couldn't couldn't handle it. And then he learned how to make tamales. That was, kind of, <laughs> that was the other thing is that he really wanted to learn how to make tamales. Yeah, but he's doing great now.
1: He's great. Good. Yeah. Um. So that ha- okay. So that happened when you were 17, and then. Where did you – did you – where were you living at that point? San Diego. San Diego. And then where did you go to school? Uh, I went to
2: San Francisco State, and I dropped out to work at an improv theater in San Diego and also dropped out because I wanted to reunite with my boyfriend, who you heard on that Mm -hmm. podcast. The Um, one who looks like Clive Owen, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, I was – I was I was 18 and I was I didn't really know. Anyway, I'm I'm glad now that I didn't stay in school, but immediately afterwards I regretted that decision. But I uh went to San Diego, reunited with this boyfriend. He didn't ask for it. I was just like, I'll be back. <laughs> like, um but I but I but I dropped out of school so I could work at
1: this improv theater. Had you always known you wanted to go into performing? Uh
2: yeah, yeah. Like ever I was I was a weird kid and Performing and writing and creating things always seemed like the the thing that I was supposed to do when I was growing up. My parents really wanted me to be a teacher because mm-hmm. they were like, "Well, that's how you get that energy out." Or my dad wanted me to be a preacher, also, which I never wanted to do because uh, he's he's a preacher and he's a he's very much a performer as mm-hmm. a as a preacher. And. Um, yeah, I think at a certain point because I was a weird kid plus wanting to perform and I was I was really obsessed with theater and plays and musical theater and all those things. When I was in high school, I started doing improv and comedy things and then I really excelled at that and that kind of made – I kind of made sense after that. So ever since then I've been pursuing comedy and working in comedy.
1: And is your dad um... – encouraging of it now that you haven't <laughs> uh, yeah, keyword, chosen a life of the cloth
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah keyword keyword is now uh we're, we're he's he's very proud of me now because it's because it's okay and it's working out mm-hmm. but for a very long time he w- did not understand what was happening and uh he had been like I, I did a he came out to visit me in los angeles six years ago seven years ago and i did a, I booked an entire, I did an entire show for him because he didn't really understand what improv was. And so I asked all my friends who were the funniest improvisers to do a, sh- a nautical theme show because he was in the Navy. And like, we all dressed up like ship captains. And he <laughs> fell asleep like halfway through oh. it. He was like <laughs> exhausted from his fight. And I was like, that was for you. That was the whole thing. But uh, once I got past trying to impress him in the way that I'm impressed by that, mm-hmm. that it, like, then it's fine. Because he's mostly impressed by me having a,
1: a roof over my head. And <laughs> right. Stability. Like yeah, yeah. Dad things. Dad things. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you dropped out, reunited with Clive Owen. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which, by the way, I loved in that, the episode of This Feels Terrible, your description of making out with him on the beach. But like the only experience you had of making out was having seen... A lot of stuff on television. So you mm-hmm. thought if you're on a beach, like you just have to roll, you yeah, roll around.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: That was hilarious. Um, so reunited <laughs> with him. Then what happened?
2: Uh, then him and I stayed together for a couple years, and um, as as things go, it, our first love wasn't like the ultimate love. Like we <laughs> like I started. I started doing more comedy stuff and he was doing more acting stuff and we, we both were kind of changing and I decided to move to Los Angeles and, uh, I think, but I mean, we broke up before that. I mean, that doesn't matter, but that's kind of, yeah. The trajectory of things Mm -hmm. when you're younger, like months seem like much more epic periods of time, (laughs) like all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, then I moved to Los Angeles and, um, yeah, I've been in Los Angeles for a while, and then I right now I'm trying to live in Ireland. And I'm here back in Los Angeles for a few months while my visa processes.
1: Gotcha. Why Ireland? Mm. I I
2: went to Ireland last year. I'd been there before, but I had never really gone and tried to make things over there. And I just feel I feel really. At, home with the creative community there. And I think like, a lot of it has to do with this very romantic idea that I have of rain and like uh, moody weather mm-hmm. because I grew up mostly in Southern California. So that's all very romantic to me. And, I have that too. Yeah. I hate the sun.
1: Me too. Yeah. When other people are like, oh, I, w- I wish the sun would come out. I'm like, no, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think it really, it, it really affects me in an adverse way, the sun for mm-hmm. sure. And I also like, I like I like wearing tons of coats. Yeah. And I have a much better relationship with my face than I do with the rest of my body. So it's like, it's nice to have just like a ton of coats and just feel like a babe all the time because it's just like your little face showing. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm
1: relating so much. Yeah.
2: And the same way that I think I have so many friends who move to Los Angeles from colder, mm-hmm. wetter climates and really come alive here and just love the sun and love the weather. I. I don't. And I've literally never said the words, um, oh, good, it's hot enough for me to wear. Like, never, never. Yeah. Like, I've never, I've never worn a tank top, like in LA. That's not literally true, but not like.
1: <laughs> but you've never wanted to wear yeah, one. Yeah. No,
2: I've never been like, oh, yes, it's shorts weather. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: yeah. It may. Jeff, where, where are you with heat? And is it because you can wear your cute bikini that you like it when it gets hot? I,
0: I did just get a Brazilian, so I'm a little <laughs> eager to show it off. Oh. I I like nice weather, but I come from Philadelphia where mm. the last winter I spent there was gruesome. Yeah. I don't miss humidity. Mm-hmm. Until you've spent a lot of time around humidity and bugs, don't curse Southern California too much. But right. the sun is... After a while, it's like it's like a kiss from your grandma. It's like, mm-hmm. one is nice. <laughs> 10,000, it's a little much. And it can be a little smothering. So it does feel like right. you're getting punched in the face by the sun here a Yes. Lot. And I noticed when I was recently in Florida that people there... When the sun's out, it's like they're just out and they got their shirts off and their mm. everything. And for me, when it was sunny and we were out in the sun, I was like hiding under the shadow <laughs> of trees because I'm scared of the sun just right. because it's so oppressive yeah. here.
2: You make a good point about the bugs. I've lived in humid climates. Like I definitely would not trade. I mean, I don't I don't hate the weather here. Also, it's, it, but I but I prefer Ireland where it's it's a lot more temperate yeah. and there's not the they don't have humidity. They don't have bugs. Yeah. Yeah. But the Southern California is great. Don't get mad at me because I say mean <laughs> things about Southern California. I know
1: California. it's you got to be careful saying anything it's, about anywhere. <laughs> it's been a
0: hot couple of years here. It's been it pretty, has been, it's been. It's I'm been from, pretty I'm from early. here. I'm
2: from here. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 But
2: I like you know I like I like it sometimes. It's fine.
1: Do you get homesick at all there? No, <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, like, like literally not. Literally not once. Uh, there I've been back here for a couple of weeks, and I do feel find myself missing Ireland mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah.
1: You have a boyfriend there, right? I do.
2: And he's actually just joined me out here. Oh, nice. He's helping me with my tour, but yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how did you guys meet?
2: We met, uh, Is he's it's kind of a boring, he's a friend of a friend who's a comedian out in Ireland. He's a filmmaker out there, and my friend who's a comedian's girlfriend is also a filmmaker and is friends with my boyfriend.
1: I see. So the This Feels Terrible tour, how's that going to work?
2: Um, well, uh, like how, what's, what's the actual, yeah, like what are the
1: shows, what are you, is it going to be you and a guest or,
2: uh, yeah, we're going to have some special guests in different cities. Uh, this feels terrible started out as a live show, so it's going to be kind of going back to that, which is kind of more storytelling and maybe sometimes music, but it's going, it's, it's going to feel mostly like, yeah, like the podcast live and then kind of like a hangout afterwards mm-hmm. with everyone yeah. so
1: it's where did, where did it start
2: where will the tour start
1: no when it started as a live show where oh did you sorry it? at
2: the UCB theater here in Los Angeles yeah I see
1: initially did you start it with the idea of it being a podcast or was it just a live show
2: no it was just a it was just a live show and it was a live show for a couple of years um, until like one day like we we had a really good show and this is this is a uh, 2013 maybe or maybe even 2012 at the end of the show I just said without thinking about it like and this is gonna be a podcast so look out for that <laughs> and uh Dustin Marshall who's uh the founder of Feral Audio was in the audience and afterwards came up to me and was like hey are you really serious about it being a podcast and I said yeah and <laughs> uh and he's he looks like Fival from American Tale and mm. I was like all right I'll get I'll meet him meet with him and talk to him about making a podcast because they don't actually have a plan at all. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we really hit it off. And now it's a podcast.
1: What, um, how would you, when it was a live show, how did you conceive of it? Like what, was it talking about relationships and talking about emotions?
2: Yeah. Well, so when it was a live show, we would have um, guests come on the show like different comedians, like I would reach out to you and I would say, um, do will you do the show, uh, tell a story that you enjoy telling that's related to love or relationships or sex that could be qualified as terrible? <laughs> and uh, and then I would recommend also that people were the villains of their own stories because no one likes stories where someone gets up Someone's and talks about how some bitch yeah. did them wrong. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it went – Went great. And then we also, I also did some, there's some like more performance arty elements in the beginning. Like I did this, sh- I did a show where I was wearing all white. And I think my shirt, I was so dumb. My shirt said self esteem. And I had some just someone rub pudding on me. It was <laughs> silly, silly stuff like that.
1: Well, also on your website, there's a picture of you with I- with a hat with ice cream on it. Oh. <laughs> melting in your face and you yeah. said something about how that was like your favorite costume ever because there was melting ice cream on you and you got yeah. to lick the ice cream
2: <laughs> yeah that was yeah that was my favorite uh life moment i was actually at my bachelorette party where i was in san francisco with some of my friends and i did some mushrooms and just can see like for my bachelorette party my bachelorette party was a lot of fun mm-hmm. as was the wedding um for everyone else. I didn't have the best time at the wedding, but all the planning was, was great. And I
1: know you had. I had a disappointing wedding.
2: Yeah. I remember yeah. Like when I was planning, when I was planning my wedding, I really wanted to, I really wanted to talk to you about, because I had heard you talk about mm-hmm. your experience on the, right. on the day. But then I was also like afraid to talk to you about it because I was
1: like, oh, is that. See, that and I, I think that you did reach out to me to see if I wanted to come on to talk about the wedding. Right, and right. I think I, if I remember correctly, you hadn't, yet gotten married no and i was like oh, <laughs> i am afraid that if i were to do that i would be the biggest black cloud on your wedding planning <laughs> but then just today yeah, was a tough i was to put
2: you in and-
1: oh no no you didn't put me in a bad position um i was worried about bumming you out but um but then just today i was actually i was remembering that and i was thinking you know if I were to be giving someone advice about how to have a not disappointing wedding experience, I don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's things I can think of that I would say, but it's sort of hard. It just, because I really tried my best ahead of time to do what I could to make sure I would have the best day ever. And it's like it just kind of spun out of my control and I just didn't. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It that- is such
2: a weird – well, and it feels – I know it feels so icky talking about it because, I mean, I had I had a beautiful, beautiful wedding with, like, every amazing person there and it was incredible. Like, it was such a over-the-top, crazy, cool, great, wonderful wedding. It was so great. And there was no reason for me to – I didn't have, I didn't have a bad time at the wedding, but the end, the wedding, the night ended sad for me because me and my husband got in a fight. So that's what I think of. Like it didn't, right. when I, it's just because it just ended bad. So then I, I, but I don't think of it as like a bad experience or anything. Um. And, right. I, and I think, and when we, when we were planning the wedding, we, we consciously made the decision to throw a really good party for our friends. Like we said to each other, like, either this is going, we're going to put our happiness mm-hmm. first or we're going to put our guest's happiness first. Like, what's more important to us? And we decided that we wanted to throw like this amazing party for our friends, which we did and we pulled it off and it was, it was great. Um, Where
1: was it and what was it like?
2: It was at the Natural History Museum. Oh, wow. And it was, it was beautiful. It was great. Our friends were wonderful. Um, Duncan Trussell officiated. Oh, wow. <laughs> We were talking about a wedding for a marriage that doesn't exist anymore and it wasn't that long ago. Um I it was really thoughtful. It was really heartening um being around everyone. The it was this it was a frustrating day for me because I felt like I I didn't have like a second alone with Dan mm-hmm. to like kind of check in. And I think maybe he interpreted that on the day as like me not having a good day or I don't know, like I wanted to have like kind of a quiet moment with him. And he was just like, no, let's have a great day. I think he had a better, he was more able to have a better time because I had done all the planning. Mm. And so I was, and I also had like this big surprise musical number that I did for (laughs) him. So I was that I was worried about that going off right. Well, and he was just floating through it and having a great day right because w- he wasn't I, worried about all the details yeah yeah and I, I wish I would have put myself in a in a better emotional space to just kind of float through things I wish I would have delegated more things mm-hmm. I think that's why people have maybe a bad time on their weddings because they're so worried about everything yeah
1: definitely well that for me that was that was definitely part of it um what was the fight that you guys got into
2: <laughs> I don't want to say
1: okay <laughs> I know that you mentioned um, that you were a couple that everyone approved of. Mm-hmm. Meaning, did everyone believe in the union?
2: Uh, yeah, I think, well, and it's not. it's not literally true that everyone approved of it. But, like, it felt, I mean, from our friends especially, like, the feeling that we both got was that everyone was really happy for us that we had found each other. Mm -hmm. because i don't know i guess because of like eccentricities or something but um and also we got we got along so well uh as friends especially and i think people saw that and we made each other laugh a lot so yeah
1: how did you meet
2: we met actually doing because he was on this feels terrible um and he he came on the live show before it was a podcast and did a story like told the story of how he lost his virginity i think and then we, we started dating after that, or we became friends after that, and then started
1: dating. Mm-hmm. And you were together for a, f- a few years before you got married?
2: Yeah, three years, almost four years.
1: So it's really interesting because you have a podcast where you're talking about your life, and you're very mm-hmm. open, and specifically it's focused on relationships. But then you go through this thing, and now, understandably, are you know perhaps hesitant to get to get into a lot of the details of it because it does affect another person, et cetera. Mm. Um, what's that experience been like for you? (laughs) It's,
2: uh, it's, it's, it's strange and it's always changing and evolving because obviously I only, I only feel really comfortable talking about my own experience Mm. and Dan and I are really respectful of each other and, that's important to us even though we both speak very openly about things and there's but there's also like a personal element of actually (laughs) like processing everything as a real human being without a podcast instead of constantly you know trying to make patterns and framing everything right and you know it's it's always I think it it may not be until 10 years from now that I'm able to like in three sentences be really concise about my relationship with dan mm-hmm. um because right now it's still i mean it's still like it's still very sad and it still really affects me and i have i have low moments <laughs> where i feel uh extra sad about it or feel like a a big failure because it is like a failure.
1: (laughs) Can you, so my dad, um, my dad is married to my mom, but he was married before my mom and I Mm. have brothers um, from his first marriage. And that's the sense I always got from him and from other people I know who, who have gone through divorce is that that sense of failure, which from where I'm sitting, it's like, I don't, I'm not immediately plugging into why there's that level of self recrimination and failure, because from where I'm sitting, it's like sometimes relationships don't work, and mm-hmm. people make the choice to not continue them, and that's like the healthy decision yeah, but why the why the failure? I think because getting married is such an active
2: choice to build a life with somebody, and it's it's a it's a forward move. It's like deciding on like a lot of land to build. A house Mm -hmm. and like in order to get the roof you have to have the walls and you have to do all these things so when you're when you're building the house and you're like you're you're putting the tiles on the roof and then the bottom that you find out that you've just built your house on sand you feel like you've failed a bit um though I don't know that's not a perfect that's not a perfect analogy
1: well I know what you're saying though it's like a vulnerability that you didn't anticipate is suddenly on display
2: Yeah. I mean, we we also, like, going into deciding to get married, we had a lot of, like, this is something that I still don't understand and maybe will someday understand. I don't know how many partners Dan used to, Dan has fought with before after me, but I know that I haven't, I haven't had that I think he'd be okay to because we we used to talk about how how many arguments we would have mostly over just weird communication miscommunications, mm-hmm. um, not over anything concrete. Just like us both at different times feeling
1: vulnerable for different reasons, and so, feeling that the other person wasn't respectful of that, or because uh, like I know that. Yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, like I don't.
2: I don't I don't totally know. I mean maybe I'll understand someday, but uh speaking just for myself, um I f- when when we would when I would feel misunderstood, it would it'd be that like maybe oh well, yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. Um it wasn't really a respect thing. It was like a uh I don't know like we were always testing each other to see if the other person actually cared as much as they said they cared. Oh, that's but I but I don't know. I mean like that again like I say like I just want to speak for myself, but that's me speaking for what I think, it's Dan was interpreting. Right there, so it's not yeah. so that that's I mean that doesn't really count for anything. Well,
1: um, were were you doing that? Were you testing? Uh mm, I don't think so. <laughs> um but,
2: I mean, I did, like, sometimes I would, I would not understand, it's all about, well, maybe, like, if it, maybe, like, in the context of love languages, I think that our love languages um, were so clashing mm-hmm. that we couldn't tell when the other person, like, we always had to have these conversations about how much we cared about each other because we were misunderstanding each other's Signals.
1: And what to what uh what love language do you speak? <laughs>
2: uh I um it's funny. I used I used the the term love languages and now I'm like, what what are the love languages?
1: I think uh,
2: <laughs> I think for me mine is mine is spending t- oh quality time is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And what are some examples of other ones? There's gifts, touch, compliments. Quality time and something else text messages yeah text messages. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i speak <laughs> uh drawings drawings <laughs> right um i don't know i don't like and i feel like all i said didn't really make sense i, I won't i don't know i don't no, know I don't,
1: no, that does make sense though let me th- tell me if this is what you're saying it's like there was a certain way in there's certain needs that you each had in order to feel valued and loved and as even though again I'm putting words in your mouth so no, please me. do. but even <laughs> though you did both love and you did both value each other it was sort of just the way you were expressing it was a miscommunication
2: yes i and i like the 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 positive thing and the reason why we got married and the reason why we stayed together so long was because we had, and I think still have, though we're like obviously not spending less time time with each (laughs) other, um, like had such a profound connection and we connected in a way with each other that we hadn't connected with other people before and we had some like amazing times together and... That was that was so good and so exciting that all of the bad stuff, all the miscommunication, all of the insecurity or whatever was happening seemed like we could work through it. And mm-hmm. like we went to couples therapy and we're like we're going to get through these challenges that we have and we're going to like learn new vernacular for us to be a good couple. And we did that and it did make things like a little bit better um, but – like at the yeah when it when it felt when it felt like to me and i think that to him as well even but i i initiated our divorce but we were both in it, like he wasn't blindsided by it um it was i literally said the words like i don't want to work on this anymore like I can't work on this anymore so i think maybe that's also why it feels like failure because it was like our relationship at a certain point became kind of a became a project that we Mm. both believed in that we're like, okay, there are parts of this that are difficult, but we love each other. And that's the most important thing.
1: And so, um, what, what made you decide you didn't want to work on it anymore? Um,
2: just, I mean, what's the opposite of a milestone? What's like a sad milestone? Uh, I mean, when I, well, when I went away to, I went away to Ireland before the decision to break up. And I went away, I realize now, because I needed to be out of that situation. To get clarity? Uh, Yeah, to get clarity and also, I think, to just be away Mm -hmm. for a while. Um, And, like, I it kind of lost sight of myself or definitely lost sight of myself in the context of our relationship, which is, which I blame myself for entirely. Um, and so being, and and it's hard to be in a relationship who's totally lost sight of themselves. I am sure. Um, or I know it is. Uh, um, so I, yeah, the thing was like going, going away to Ireland and being by myself and I like, the way I mean, I I I realize like how um how much privilege there is in that sentence. Like I was unhappy in my marriage, and I just decided to <laughs> fuck off to Ireland. Uh, but I went and I volunteered on this farm in Ireland, and just being by myself. And
1: how did the opportunity to volunteer on a farm come? And what were you doing on the farm?
2: Um, there's an organization called uh, uh, the Worldwide Organization of Organic Farming called. Also known as Woof, and uh, it's something that I've wanted to do since I was in high school. And a couple of my friends did it in Sweden, and I was reminded of that. And I, uh, you, you just go to whatever you go to their website and go to whatever country you want to volunteer in, and just apply for different farms. Um, but what I did was I, I found this this farm um, called Anna Verna, which is actually like a. A manor with a with like a very small farm and garden and everything in this place near Northern Ireland, like on the border of the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, called uh, Ravensdale. And they have like a performance space there.
1: I want to move there now, <laughs> just based on the name Ravensdale. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and and like through through emailing and stuff, my my volunteering on a farm. I mean, I still don't feel like I've actually volunteered on on a farm because. What ended up happening was I put on a play for the town <laughs> instead of actually volunteering on the farm. But I, but I did do like a lot of cooking for everyone, and I cleaned out a greenhouse. <laughs> so that, that was, counts. Yeah, what was I the play? made some pies. Um, the play was uh, well. I committed to doing this play, and I what I what it, what it was called was um, an American in Ireland two. And it was a an improvised play starring members of the town. So, like, I got up in front of the the town at the performance and said that I didn't. I no longer had the rights to an American in Ireland because it was bought by someone. So, we were going to do an American in Ireland too. And I described like the brief plot of this of this very silly story. And I had a couple friends from Dublin help me. And then I ca- I just cast members from the town that were there. And I basically improvised these scenes from this play with the people in the town. And it was it was great.
1: You're like Kevin Bacon and Footloose in terms of like coming <laughs> to town and waking them up. They must have loved you.
2: Uh,
1: and they, You're they like, did, yes, yeah. they did. <laughs> did you have it was really fun, yeah. any friends there when you went or did you just make friends fast? No.
2: Um, oh, that's not true. I did. I I made so many friends all because of one person. Uh, named Alison Spittle, who is a very funny comedian in Dublin. I met her through um, through a comedian in London named Paul Foxcroft, who I did internation- the Internationals Waters podcast with. And I think I had just this was a couple of years ago. I went to Dublin for oh actually on I went to Dublin for my honeymoon after we got married, and I wanted to record some interviews. And so I reached out to Paul and asked if he knew any um, comedians in Dublin and he knew Alison and I met her and she she's just like she's she's great and introduced me to now my housemate and everyone I know basically because she's she's just a a great person who everyone likes. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, the comedians that helped me with that play in Ravensdale were friends of hers um, Aiden Green
1: and Davey Riley. So. So you went there. You did the play. Mm-hmm. Cleaned out a greenhouse.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and while you were there, did you have the realization that you were done? Uh no. I
2: I had the realization that I was really unhappy, and that something needed to change, and that I really wanted to. And like a lot, of, a lot of that was was stuff with myself because like I had like. I had a period of, I don't know, a year or so where I was more or less agoraphobic. <laughs> like I would have people. I mean, I shouldn't giggle after that, but um, I mean, I laugh because it's it just seems so dramatic, overly dramatic. But I would leave for, I would leave the house for shows sometimes. But I had a really hard time leaving the house, and I like I stopped performing really unless mm-hmm. it was on my husband's podcast and. And, like, doing doing that, I felt like I was playing, like, a weird character, like, a weird version of myself that I didn't really like very much. Who who was that character? Uh Like, an, like annoying – well, because the way that I started on the podcast, I started playing kind of a – like, a Lucille Ball sort of, like, let me be on the show. And, <laughs> like, because I was so de- self-depreciating, like, I I don't know. Like, it just – it, it was a runaway train of not the role I wanted to play, mm-hmm. of, like, annoying little sister who was right. on stage. Um yeah. So I wasn't super happy about that. Because I was I was really insecure ab- about being on my husband's show. Even though I really wanted to be on it, I felt really insecure about getting to do it because I was his girlfriend.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Um The agoraphobia. Were you fearful?
2: Um yeah, I just I had like, um, yeah, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't feel like I had anything to offer mm-hmm. to the world, really, and so I didn't want to go outside until I had figured it out, until so, I felt like I was of some worth, which, like, I was always like, well, like next week, like, yeah,
1: yeah, I'll be w- fine. Were you then. depressed?
2: Yeah, I think, I think I was, but I didn't. I think about. Like, <laughs> it's funny that's the first time I've actually thought about that, but I think I must have been, but I really didn't know I was oh I absolutely was because I was I was waking up every day right before I went to Ireland I was waking up every day lying in bed um wondering like trying to figure out why people lived like why people stayed alive why people lived their lives to
1: just getting in an accident or
2: <laughs> <laughs> or just like not existing like okay like why do people wake up every day like I don't know why like why did I want to wake up like why and I think I think that's just because I, I stopped there was a certain point in my relationship when I dedicated everything to this other person mm-hmm. and again totally I'm going to take full responsibility for that I also like I really believed in my husband's career and everything that I and I think like with because he's also, he's 12 years older, he's, he has a very established career. And so anything that I, I don't know, I just, I I, I think I kind of, well, I don't know if I lost confidence. Oh, that's not true. I didn't lose confidence in like my performing ability or anything, especially because he was super supportive. I just, I just put everything into him. Like it seemed like more important to nurture his career and everything oh, he was doing than it,
1: my own things. Also sounds like, again, armchair psychologist, <laughs> words in your mouth, sounds like you sort of underwent a radical um identity shift, mm. like, because mm-hmm. yeah, suddenly yeah. now you were his wife and like, that's who you are. And how do you define yourself?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I realized, like, I realized
2: now, because we, we went, we just went to South by Southwest uh, in March and I went... Because we're both still in the show Harmon Quest. And I went as my own person and not as Dan's wife. And I really realized like how much of that, like, oh, I'm just Dan Harmon's wife, I was putting on myself mm-hmm. what I really shouldn't have. Like people didn't people didn't do that to me. Like I was just like, oh well, I don't deserve to be like a full person here. I'm a I'm an accessory to this person. And like I yeah, I I was always very self-conscious about like talking about my own career and stuff like with his like at things that he had done um because I wanted to be well I I was fully supportive and I I don't know I just like wanted I think in those moments I really wanted to just be his partner um yeah do you
1: um
2: because also his things were a lot more exciting than mine too. Like a TV show is so much more exciting than a UCB show or whatever. So it's it just seemed like a, a better thing to put my energy towards, like right. supporting him and that.
1: Did you have any concern that um, if you were to have talked about yourself at these things, people might think that you're not being supportive enough? Like you did, like you wanted all the attention. You didn't want to steal his thunder. Was there any of that? Um. No, I don't
2: think I ever, I never worried about stealing it. I mean, it would be very difficult to steal, <laughs> to steal his thunder. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't know why I did that, why I did that to myself. Um, I, I think I thought it would be like rude to him, like it wouldn't feel supportive. Like mm-hmm. in the same way that when I was having, when I had shows and stuff, I appreciated when he came as like my date and not as, I mean, that was just something we did automatically, like going to a- each other's right things um, yeah, and i mean he 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 just like he like had so much going on, and also I started helping him with a lot of his projects mm-hmm. and that was exciting, which i d- I don't regret any of that, I just regret um n- losing myself in all of that and thinking that it was cool to stop working on my career (laughs) because i did i just like i just i just stopped and i didn't realize how much of my self-esteem and identity was wrapped up in that even though every anyone could tell me that but um
1: did you stop when you when you were um in your agoraphobia phase did you (laughs) that sounds so (laughs) belittling (laughs) did you stop seeing your friends like were you social? no
2: i I was very i was still social but they just came over to the house um i would like yeah, I was still social with like a small group of friends, but I – yeah, I just – I didn't – I didn't go anywhere to the extent that like once my – one of my friends was throwing a surprise party for his girlfriend and I begged to throw it myself because I – because he was – because he really wanted me to be there, but I – but I didn't really want to go. So we moved the entire – and like I I didn't really know her friends at all, but like I threw her a surprise party because I, cause I didn't want to – I wasn't ready to leave the house.
1: yeah. Um so okay so in Ireland you realize you're unhappy um you come back Yeah so then- I yeah
2: like when I when I was over there I thought that um that maybe Dan and I shouldn't be married anymore but I thought that maybe that was just because I was in Ireland mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Ireland's beautiful and I was like well this is not my real life and this doesn't mean anything these feelings that you're having now, so when I went back to Los Angeles, I went back in like a in a in, in a with a real like effort to be the best version of myself and to really like judge judge the situation in a fair way and uh yeah, I came back and a couple of weeks later, we broke up mm-hmm. and that was you that instigated, initiated yes and instigated. <laughs> uh <clears throat> yeah i did that we did we broke up in couples therapy because i saw this i saw an independent movie about la like making fun of how silly la is and they broke up in couples therapy and somehow i had logged that away as uh-huh. an actual great
1: place to up. <laughs> yeah.
2: well it might not be the worst place to do it actually no i think it actually was a really
1: good decision yeah, yeah. um so and how soon after did you go back to ireland um. Let's see. That was. Oh, I went back on the first of the
2: year, so a couple months. Mm-hmm. So where are you with everything now? Um, emotionally wise, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've um good. I think good. I don't know. Like the like I was saying, like there, there are days that are. Like some sometimes like something will hit me in like a bad, way. Um. But I think I'm, yeah, I think I think I'm good. I mean, it's it's a weird I'm in such a transitional time in my mm. life. And I don't I mean, I have an apartment that I'm renting, renting in Dublin, but I'm not there. I don't know. I feel like things feel things feel equally exciting and terrifying. Um, and. But good, I feel like. The way I think of it in my own brain is is like the panorama setting on your <laughs> phone, like where the 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 little half triangle needs to be or the triangle needs to be on the line. And like if you're going too fast, then it makes you slow down and like you don't want to be above the line or below the line. Like I always think of that as like am i am I doing exactly what I should be doing, like for myself to make myself happy? Um, cuz my problem is putting other people first and like kind of defining other people or defining my worth by how good i'm taking care of everybody else right also known as codependency yeah. <laughs> um but i think i'm but i think i'm doing really great with that and i'm not like i recognize myself when i when i when i do that when i'm like doing things for the wrong reasons
1: do you have um an idea <clears throat> of of sort of where the roots of being codependent come from for
2: you? Uh I think it comes from my my mom uh was suffered from like really really bad eating disorders and was always not always. I mean she was very like outwardly together, but um the I think I think it I think it comes from that from like worrying about her from her behavior being really erratic and Mm -hmm. trying to control that situation and like make sure she's happy so everyone's happy that kind of thing I think a lot of a lot of kids of drug addicts and like kids of parents who with with eating disorders especially it's like Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's kind of a thing yeah
1: (laughs) I think even just even if there's not actually substance, just a parent who's really unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And then you think you start getting the sense that somehow you can alter their behavior or yeah. you can predict it to try to like make your your situation safe and then suddenly yeah. you're managing yeah. everything. Is that a thing that you had to fight against? Uh yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh definitely. Like I, I think I'm I think I'm really I'm very I, I think I'm I'm in a really good place with that. I think that I don't, I don't think anyone in my life right now would describe me as codependent.
1: As up their butt? (laughs) No, no.
2: Like, I'm really not. Like, I, but that's, but, but it definitely wasn't always that way. Like, I, I, I had to recognize myself that I was doing that, um, through therapy. Um, and it, it was mostly things like, uh, just wanting Like what I, what I would have said at the time was like, I just, I just, I just want him to be a little more thoughtful. Like, why isn't he just like a little more thoughtful and, um, the, like letting go of basically letting go of anyone's power to make you happy or unhappy. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never, I was never the person that was like, oh, you really shouldn't be eating that. Definitely not that, especially not that, (laughs) but like, um, yeah, more, more so just putting, letting other people's actions make me happy or not happy.
1: Right. 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 Um okay, so to go back to something you said earlier. Let's talk about this ice cream hat. <laughs> <laughs> you started yes. by saying you were it was your bachelor party and you were on shrooms. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was uh it was my bachelorette party. That's what I mean. And, yeah, that's fine. I didn't mean to correct you, I was like, well actually <laughs> um but uh we speaking of gender bending, why I, I had gotten these I had tried to order a discount wedding dress from China I don't know if you came across any of these. Yes. In fact,
1: I fell in love with a dress that was only available as a discount wedding dress from China. And Uh, I read some reviews and they were like, the dress looks nothing like the photo. And I'm like, I'm not going to mess with it.
2: (laughs) I think, yeah, I think this is exactly the same place that I bought this uh, wedding dress that was like this crazy designer dress that like was nowhere, like humans couldn't buy. It was like a $200,000 wedding dress. But it was on this website for like $75 <laughs> yeah. and I was like well fuck it like wh- 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 worst, worst case it. that's true worst yeah. case scenario you yeah. Just, yeah and then in the back of my mind I'm like maybe they happen to have like, <laughs> so, um so I, right. I or-
1: import tariffs have really gotten this <laughs> marked up
2: yeah so I so I ordered this wedding dress and my credit card was immediately charged like three hundred dollars instead of seventy five dollars. Oh,
1: I think I read that that happens as well. Yeah, so I tried calling this
2: this number and I got no answer and then I and then I call my credit card company and they canceled the charge. But then I started getting wedding dresses in the mail. like wow. yeah, from China, um, in all different kinds of packages, different kinds of wedding dresses, and I ended up getting 12 different wedding dresses. And I had no idea like where they came from, really. And I had canceled this charge, Uh and there was no, and I like I had no, there was no honor. I wasn't there's no honor system of me returning it to anywhere because I couldn't. There was no address, and I couldn't return it anywhere. (laughs) And I couldn't get a hold of this company. And so yeah, so I got so I had all these wedding dresses, which was which was great because I was loaning them to friends for sketches and all sorts of things. And they weren't like they were. Like from far away in a picture would look like a beautiful wedding dress, but up close, like a very cheaply made right wedding dress. And so, for my bachelor party, I rented a tuxedo, and my bridesmaids all wore these wedding dresses, and we paraded through <laughs> San Francisco. And so I, yeah, the next night we we took some mushrooms, and I decided that the that the best thing in the world would be to make a crown out of ice cream and to wear a wedding dress. And to eat the ice cream <laughs> that way, by having the drips of ice cream go into my mouth, and uh, yeah, we did it, and it was really like, it was it made me so happy. It was a great time. Like all all my all my best friends were there, and we were all laughing. And then they helped me get my wedding dress off, and I was covered naked, covered in ice cream in the shower. And it was just like a sweet, like sisterhood mm-hmm. moment.
1: Yeah. How did you actually make? The ice cream hat. What kinds of ice cream? And were you able to eat much of it? In case I decide to do this one day. Well, um, we got one. Of, you know those. And those... were you on shrooms when you had the hat, or was that just when you thought of it? <laughs>
2: uh, no, when I had the hat. Yeah, okay. yeah. We had taken. We had. We had like what, what the kids would call microdosed on oh. uh, shrooms. So things are just kind of. We weren't. It wasn't out of control. Right. It was just like, oh, this would be a fun thing to do. But the the trick is to get one of those like giant plastic tubs of mm-hmm. ice cream and to cut the the tub off and then just scoop out a hat, like cart, like sculpted out of a pre existing.
1: Oh, that's tube. interesting. Okay, yeah.
2: and then so we, I, I carved a crown out of this existing thing and then put that on my head.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. What flavor was it? It was, uh, I think it was Neapolitan, or I know it was Neapolitan. Yeah. Okay. And were you able to? Did it drip in the right place? Yes. Okay. It was thrilling. Jeff, <laughs> I want to do this one day. This
0: is brilliant.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why has no one done this?
0: Did you get an ice cream headache from putting the ice cream hat on?
2: <laughs> I, I did, but it was, but it was okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, actually, like it wasn't as bad as you would think. We also had we piled all my hair on my head. And so it acted As, as like a warmer mm-hmm. Yeah
0: And since it was A Neapolitan hat may, <laughs> Was the vanilla And it part was a
2: crown I mean I think it's important a Correct crown. you guys, Not it just was a hat a, was, I'm sorry Yes crown. Thank you We're denying your regal moment <laughs> Yes
0: So since it was A Neapolitan crown Was vanilla the last Part left
2: mm, uh, Yes it was mm yeah interesting yeah i remember neapolitan it, was, fashion. <laughs> it was definitely i remember chocolate drips first and then, mm-hmm. and then chocolate and strawberry and i don't even know like maybe like vanilla just kind of yeah yeah like at, at one point like it was like drip 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 and then just like so many drips
1: mm-hmm. right <laughs> wait how did you know that that it, vanilla would be last Is that's it in the center? that's
0: neapolitan like in freezers all across the country there are Freezer dried boxes of Neapolitan ice cream where the chocolate and strawberry has been eaten, and then there's the wedge of vanilla just sitting there in the middle that nobody <laughs> well, wants to eat.
1: I would eat the vanilla.
0: Send it to us. <laughs> we'll make a Neopo- or we'll make a vanilla, vanilla crown, crown out of it. Crown, yeah. I do
2: yeah. I do think that the chocolate and strawberry dripped into my mouth first because I think it's heavier. Because uh-huh. it definitely was chocolate and strawberry, but I wasn't choosing that. The drips are just dripping as they may, as is the nature of an ice cream crown.
1: Right. Here's- Interesting. My issue with the vanilla (laughs) in a Neapolitan is that I feel like it gets sort of a Neapolitan-y flavor. It doesn't taste like like good vanilla anymore. It's got just like a bastardized chocolate strawberry flavor. And I'm going to say the people who make
2: Neapolitan ice cream don't put that much energy into the vanilla. Like it's never like a
1: good vanilla bean or anything. It's just like this is probably the same base as the others without any flavoring in it.
0: Right. It's their second tier vanilla. I can see that.
1: If you had it to do over again, same <laughs> flavor. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say same flavor. It's also beautiful, like Neapolitan yeah. ice cream is beautiful.
1: It is. <laughs> um, I don't mean to spend all our time talking about this, but actually, as much as I say I want this, I, I, for me. The dripping and the stickiness—I don't know if I could handle it. Well, I was in a shower. I don't know if that. Oh, helps. the whole time, the whole okay. time. I'm, I'm picturing you guys like going out to strip clubs wearing this or whatever you did for your party. No, yeah. it was it, it was like
2: a shamanic <laughs> vibe. Like we, yeah, I was where I wore this wedding dress and we like I sat and I we did it in a very ritualistic way in a big there, was, there in our Airbnb there was this big beautiful shower. And so nice. I sat in the shower cross-legged with my, with my hands on like a meditative uh, okay Pose. sign. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's what they call it, right? <laughs> the Hindus. That's <laughs> they technically the okay what it's sign. called, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was very – so it was sticky but I was sitting in a shower because then, then the, the part two was my friends showering me
1: off. That's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, take some questions that people sent in. When we ask, we send them in. they wonder wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay, Seth Morton says, what's the backup plan if your visa gets denied? I had to leave the EU after two years of employment. Yes, I'm also wondering how this all works.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I would answer this question the same way I would answer, what are you going to do if you have cancer? Like, I don't know. I'll, I mean, that's a very morbid thing. But um, that one's coming up. <laughs> that one's. Oh here. yeah. What yeah. would you do if you got cancer? Yeah. Uh, if my visa gets denied, I'm pretty confident that it. I have. I've. It's. It's like mid process. I'm pretty confident that it's all gonna be fine.
1: Well, how does it? How does the visa process work?
2: Well, I'm. I'm applying for um, an artist visa, and so basically, the powers that be you have to decide whether or not I'm like someone they.
1: Want, want in their country?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um but if it doesn't if it doesn't work out, I don't know. I'm like I'm hesitant to talk about it because I don't know like what's legal and what's not legal, but I I don't know I don't know what I'll do. I think I I'd, I'd, I'd appeal. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Did you send them the reviews of your play?
2: <laughs> well, I did. Like that's but you do you yeah, send what them do you like submit? yeah, you send you send them all your work basically and then you send them like I that's part of the reason why I'm going on this US tour because it's just adding to more more things, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you and then you add like a business plan and uh, all that stuff.
1: And then, how long can you stay there if you get approved? It's a year, and then you renew it every year. Mm-hmm. And this al- would allow you to live and work there. Yes, is that right? Yeah.
2: Does it I think it, if it got denied, I could maybe apply. for I mean, there there are other things you could do right. if it if it gets denied.
1: Does every country
2: have an artist visa? I have no idea. I think we have kind of a similar thing with actors, like from Canada and stuff. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's kind of the same thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Pseudonym says, did she ever forgive Jeff B. Davis for defiling her precious pony Coco? (laughs) I'm assuming this is a reference to something I don't know. Yeah. It's
2: a a Harmontown reference. Uh, He, Jeff, raped my imaginary horse. Uh, yeah, I haven't thought of it since it happened. So I think
1: I think so. Jeff and I are totally fine. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and the other question is one that we've kind of already answered. Uh, TSDCX says, did she have a personal history in Ireland, or did she do the old movie trope and throw a dart at a map or spin a globe? <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I didn't. I've always felt a connection to Ireland. My family is ancestrally Irish, but it was more just more just
1: the vibe people, cool people, cool, uh, art. Do you do a lot of traveling to the other places in Europe while you're there or have you?
2: Uh, I have, I went to, I mean, you, it's, it's amazing when you're over there to get from Dublin to Paris is $40 on Ryanair. So I did that. Uh, I went to London. Um, yeah, if I, if I
1: am allowed to stay
2: there, I definitely will do a ton of
1: traveling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A friend of mine is living in Poland. And so my husband and I just went to Paris for six days. It was great, but I got sick while I was there. Oh, no. Um, And now I'm just consumed with the desire to go back. So I'm like, that Mm -hmm. was not a long enough trip. And we also, there's all these other places I wanted to go. Even though we made the decision we're just going to go to Paris. But six days seemed like... That's pretty short. It seemed like a decent amount of time when we were scheduling it. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, always, we go places you know, over we do weekend trips. So I was mm. like, six days, that's a lot. But then <laughs> now I feel that it was definitely not enough time. Um, but I was emailing with my friend who's in Poland who was saying that, yeah, those those quick trips from the US are like never enough time and it's always yeah. such a pain the travel It's such
2: an adjustment period. Yes, which I hadn't taken
1: into account. And he was explaining that, yeah, you know, next month we're going here. Like all like six different countries that's mm. gonna like take less time than it would take to Drive to Vegas. So <laughs> so. anyway, I guess what I'm saying is um, I would like to uh, move in with you. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll be bringing Wendy and probably my husband. That is just fine. Yep. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? But this might be a time to tell you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps a Neapolitan crown, <laughs> click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you guys so much for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal link's on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. We have t-shirts available. We have ringtones available.
0: Hey, 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 go fuck yourself.
1: And also... You can get these by going to the store on my website. Um, also, they're in iTunes. There's bonus episodes available in iTunes as well and on Gumroad. It's, it's pretty much everywhere. And, hey, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. AllisonRosen.com uh, is where you go for my website. But to subscribe specifically in iTunes, go to iTunes.com AllisonRosen. And tell a friend. And I realized there's one more question I wanted to ask you before we do. Just mirror everyone. So, with your dad being a preacher, did you grow up uh, in a fairly religious home?
2: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, very religious. But my dad's very progressive, mm-hmm. and so that's always been nice. But yeah,
1: what kind of religion?
2: He is Cooperative Baptist, which means that he's Baptist but not fundamentalist, and he believes in gay marriage and women holding place in the church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And w- what are you? What do you consider yourself?
2: Um, I would be, I don't know, like s- s- searching. I'm going to say the dumb thing and say like I'm spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely wouldn't call myself Christian. Um, but uh, yeah, figuring it out.
1: Is it a bummer to your dad that you wouldn't? Mm-
2: no, I think he's, yeah, he's, he's okay. I think maybe at one time it was, but, mm-hmm. but not at all. Like he's very, he's super supportive and proud of me. And I think he just cares that me and my brother are good people more than anything. Okay. And I am great.
1: You and Sam um, <laughs> and your brother? Uh, he's a piece of shit.
2: <laughs> no, he's great. My brother's my brother's an angel.
1: Okay, Lane now just mirror everyone. Lane says, as someone who never gets bug bites, when I do, it's so big and bad, I assume it's the work of Aragog or Shelob and I'm gonna die. Alright, oh. look. I don't know who Aragog <laughs> or Shelob are. Anyone? No? I don't. Okay.
0: Those might be made up, but they sound real.
1: Google them. I, will. I feel like this is a. Re- I I just assume this is a reference that everyone knows, but I don't know.
2: Uh yeah, I don't know. I th- the- I think that she may be allergic to The to the venom venom and
1: the
0: bug, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I typed Aragog, Aragog versus Shelob popped up. So, Ah. oh,
1: are these? Maybe they're giant bugs. Yeah, is it a Godzilla giant bug? They are giant spiders. Ah, from what though? I don't know. Like giant fictional (laughs) spiders? Because my brain is just going uh, to Gargamel. (laughs) The
0: Smurfs. The giant spiders from the Smurfs. There were giant spiders.
1: No, but the name Aragog and Shelob makes me think of Gargamel and Asriel.
0: Uh, I believe they're from Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh, uh. that's exactly what I suspected. It would be something like okay.
0: Although, uh, sorry, I I think one is in, one is from Lord of the Rings and one is from Harry Potter. Oh, I'm just saying this by sense. glancing at my computer.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, I see. And so people are fantasizing about them fighting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ah. It's uh, the opposite of shipping putting them together. Okay. Um, well, I'm not someone who never gets bug bites. In fact, in the in the course of this podcast, I feel like I've got some kind of bump happening on my like chin jawline, and uh, I can't stop touching it. It's not a bug bite though. It's probably a hive. But anyway, I'm just saying, I get bites, <laughs> I get bumps, I get stuff like that. Um, but I'm sorry, that sounds that sounds awful to get gigantic bug bites every time mm-hmm. you have a, a bug bite. Yeah. Anyone else bug bites? I get bug bites. I think we all do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jmos for A-Rose says, take a basket instead of a cart in hopes of buying only a few things, end up with a sore arm and an overflowing basket. Yes. Yes, every time. Yes, same, same.
0: That's same. my recur... One of my many recurring jokes, my recurring dad-style jokes to the past <laughs> years at Trader Joe's is when I bring in the basket that's loaded impossibly with also with an armful of stuff, I just say... They always go like, oh, you got a big load there. And I go, I'm just getting one thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. There's also the um, intermediate cart, which is like, oh, yeah. it's that cart that has the two levels on it. Mm-hmm. But it's and you not put a the pack. little basket on it. Yes. Yeah. That is also not enough. You just <laughs> need to go full cart.
0: The thing with me, though, is I like the mobility of having a basket. Because mm-hmm. if you're Trader Joe's, especially the one in Silver Lake, it's a little hairy in there. Yeah. And I like the mobility of having a basket. And then also, I've found that whatever I can fit into a basket fits exactly into how many bags I feel like carrying out of the store. Mm. So, okay. so you've got I, a system. I got a system.
1: What's the grocery situation in Ireland like? I'm going to need to know for when I come there. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, there, You're definitely expected to bring your own
2: bags. That's a big thing. Um, and there's a lot more self-checkout. Mm, really? Yeah. Which I'm not which is which is very intimidating especially in a foreign country. Um, yeah, more self checkout, people bring their own bags. Stores tend to be smaller, I think, so not every shop has everything. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's a uh, it's not too different. Carts. More better discount shops, better cheaper grocery stores, for sure.
1: Good. Good yeah. to know. And carts, they have carts. Sam Vance says, when I drive through Columbus, I try to imagine what neighborhood Family Ties is set in. And then he followed that up by saying that's, like, a very location-specific one. I know it's tri-state area. I don't I don't know the different loca- I don't know the neighborhoods of Columbus. So I haven't actually done this. But I appreciate it. I appreciate living as if sitcoms are real. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I definitely do that in cities where I know there's, like, a facade of a specific house from a sitcom. And I'm like, oh, I think it's that. I think it's that. No, it's probably yes. Yeah.
0: I was Family Ties in Columbus.
1: It was in somewhere in
0: Ohio, Ohio, but I didn't know that it was Columbus,
1: right? Oh, and I just said, wait, tri-state area is New York, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey.
0: I think that that is a tri-state area, but
1: is there also a tri-state? I I think
0: wherever they meet, because in Philadelphia, the tri-state area was Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware. Oh, even though Maryland's right there, right? Nobody's counting Maryland. Maryland.
1: Really, (laughs) um, I don't know if it's Columbus. I think that sounds I, right.
0: I think it is, but I don't I don't think I knew that. All right. Um, although I do have to say, too, that when I'm getting fucked by ways driving home from the studio sometimes, it wiggles me through <laughs> this neighborhood in Hollywood. And I've looked at some of the houses on the side street. And I'm almost positive this is going to be a very important – this is going to be my MFA dissertation – that the house – from what's happening is on one of those streets. Oh. Take a picture. It looks very familiar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to track it down. Do it.
2: The Brady Bunch house is in North Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, and the, the house from Happy Days is actually in this neighborhood. It is? Really? Yeah. Oh. I used to. That, that used to be on my tour of things to show people from out of town. Oh. Oh. I would pull up in front of it and then say, does anything look familiar around here? And then they look and then I go, that house? And they're like, I know that house, right? And I was like, that's the Cunningham's house.
1: You gotta tell me where it is later, um, without revealing exactly where I live. I'm thinking it's in the neighborhood that's sort of adjacent to this one, but is not this one. That way,
0: it is. Oh, I can't think of the street off the top of my head, but it's, <laughs> oh, good, don't. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a block west of Larchmont Boulevard, north of Beverly. Oh, I believe it's 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 one or two okay. blocks. Okay,
1: so it's okay, so it's not immediately right where I am. No, but it's but it's f- close enough.
0: You could walk there and say <laughs> hey to the fawns.
1: <laughs> Alicia Sawyer says, "Can't just brush my teeth at the sink. Pop the brush in my mouth and put on shoes or fix the bed while awkwardly brushing. You know, I used to do this, but then I it just it it gets too messy somehow. So now I just stand there, feet planted in front of the <laughs> sink."
0: I just started doing this. I used to think that it was gross to brush outside of the bathroom, but now I realize that I brush better if I kind of fart around and make the bed or do, or watch a little TV mm-hmm. because I get so bored and so annoyed so quickly standing there brushing my teeth doing nothing that if I just kind of futz around, I'll actually spend more time doing it. Very yeah. new thing.
2: I, I think I kind of started doing the walking around thing more because it makes me feel like I'm in my own movie. You know, that I'm like, oh, I'm just so, so busy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do
2: always get it all over myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Lisa says, and here's another uh, Family Ties one. When I grab a glass. <laughs> really? Another? It's yes. <laughs> when I grab a glass out to get a drink, I blow into it like Alex P. Keaton. I don't. I'm I not familiar with the. With your, yeah, with your I'm <laughs> not familiar with him blowing into a glass. No. Is it the? And then oh, rubbing it? and rubbing it off, maybe. I do that like, with like apples, polishing maybe. It.
0: Oh, I, I thought it was a like a. Like a pff, pff, to yeah, blow any dust out of. Oh,
1: the
2: oh why were their glasses dusty? <laughs>
1: Is there a lot of dust in the tri-state area? In that particular that tri-state, tri-state area, in <laughs> that tri-state area. Do you put your glasses in the cabinet down or up? Up. What about you? Mm. Mm, down. Yeah, I go down too to keep the dust out. But I think, is it Alan Jenna who have a debate about this or is it Daniel and me? I can't remember. The argument against that is, but then the lip of the glass is sitting in. If there's dust in there, then the lip of the glass is sitting in the dust. Right. One the paper towels. Oh, yeah. I think I go either way, though. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have one of those little rubber mats to keep them mm-hmm. from sliding off. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want to keep. I don't think I care, but I just, I put them up.
1: Right. Okay.
2: Oh, because also Excuse if you're me. wet and they're, you're putting them away, you can't put them down.
1: Right. Because then there's moisture in there. And that's gross. Yes. Oh, see, I would, would want to put them down if there's moisture because I'd be like, then it'll dry better that way. But you're right. You're just trapping it. Just yeah. A breeding ground. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Master Twink says, bury myself in my bedding and become a hermit after a breakup. Hmm. You know, having been through my fair share of breakups, I don't think I ever did that. I think I was the person who, like, forced myself to do stuff Mm. to distract myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I ever became a uh, hermit in the bedding. It's when I'm happy that I'm a hermit.
0: If by bedding he (laughs) means chocolate, peanut butter, ice cream, yes. Is that what you do? Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) I I think I I do both. For sure. I, I definitely, like, go out more at night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I do, I do both. Try, I I literally just had the thought, like, when was my last breakup? Even though <laughs> we just spent so much time talking about it. And it was a divorce. Um, yeah. I think I actually – I spent – I let myself have, like, a couple days of uh, watching my so-called life and just hanging out in bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is my
1: so-called life your favorite?
2: It's my favorite breakup. Thing to watch for sure um i've watched it i've watched yeah i've watched it i watched it after major breakups mm. mm-hmm.
1: have you ever met jared leto no have you no <laughs> <laughs> no but when i watched my so-called life i was super into him
2: mm. I, he always bummed me out
1: yeah yeah i mean that, was that's so the cute. nature of
2: him yeah, yeah. he was cute he was, he was super dumb yeah jeff
0: yes i actually have met jared leto you
2: have really? yes. and <laughs> <laughs> what did he think of the happy days yeah,
0: he's easy on the eyes break me off a piece of that no, I, was, I was surfing with a buddy of mine who grew up here in beverly hills and knows mm-hmm. everybody just because his dad was dentist to the stars wow. and we were surfing out in malibu and we just went to get some coffee or something and he was just talking to some guy and i turned around and that guy was jared leto
2: now what? his eyes just like yeah striking. lighthouse lights
0: they were dreamy.
1: <laughs> yeah. What kind of hair did he have at this point? Mm.
0: This was a while ago. This was early. Well, no, this is like mid 90s. So this was 96. So he's had, he had probably Jordan Catalano style hair.
1: Oh. <laughs> Pretty lucky. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm, Famous Frame says Want to comment on a popular F- Facebook thread, but do not want notifications every time someone else comments. Turn yes. Off turn off the notifications that's a good idea (laughs) there's a way around this
0: yeah i think you can turn off notifications the other thing i do is if there's a story that i want to read Mm -hmm. so you it'll show the the thing in the sidebar that says this is a topic or whatever and then you go to it and it shows you 10 or 12 different sources i'll pick which one thing i think deserves my click. (laughs) <laughs> so if, if, if it's a story, and then you can tell the story was originally posted on CNN, but then it's reposted by Gawker or whoever, I'll be like, "Well, they don't deserve it because they're just re-reporting it. When I click through the story, I'm going <laughs> to click through uh, the person's really, the original that's really, source.
2: That's nice and mindful of you. I, I'm very very guilty of clicking on terrible, terrible things.: Yes, yeah, me too. I like that. I want to practice mindfulness in my clicking.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a colossal waste of time. I highly recommend it. It'll t- it'll take your mind off all your real problems.
1: All right. And lastly, Lane says, feel very unhealthy when your meal is all one color. Just mirror everyone. Hashtag yellow breakfast. And then she posted a photo of um uh, a breakfast that was like eggs and like a potato and toast or something. Um And there might have been other yellow things on there. No, I don't have that, but I feel like I embrace my non-balanced meals. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't feel bad about that. But I have, I have had a meal where there are a bunch of different colors, and I go, "Get a load of you."
1: (laughs) What, like eating all the food groups or just having a colorful meal? What does it make you feel?
0: No, just a lot of colors. Like I made a, I made a ramen soup the other night with udon noodles in or ramen noodles, but with an egg in it. Mm. so it had the egg the bright yellow yolk in it and then i put sriracha sauce in it and then there was some basil on it and that was green and then i put some toasted sesame seeds on it
1: look at you yeah it was just
0: ramen but still but i looked at well see that's what i said i said get a load of you
1: (laughs) but i wasn't talking
0: about me i was talking about the soup yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) did you make this from scratch or was this um from trader joe's
0: (laughs) no it was the ramen i had gotten at a Korean market, and then the rest I made up.
1: There you go. What about Aaron? Uh, M- monotone foods. <laughs> uh yeah.
2: I think I think I'm like you that I, I I embrace kind of imbalanced things. I feel feel like I think in my head I think I'm going to digest something better if it's just kind of one thing. But um, I my boyfriend has been here from. Ireland for a week and he loves cooking, has been making most of our meals. And he's very much, he hilariously keeps on making meals that are orange, green, and white, which are the colors of the tricolor Irish <laughs> flag. And he's not doing it on purpose, but he'll do things like kale and sweet potatoes and chicken. And um, that, I, I haven't, I've noticed that that's, that my plate isn't usually so colorful. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm usually more of a monotone person.
1: Right. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't. Mm. And then I have one more question. We're done with just me or everyone, but I have one more question, which is, um, how do you know Wayne Fetterman, and how did you guys decide to do a show together? Ah, uh, we met at um, a, a
2: party a couple years ago, um, you know, like three years ago. That was kind of like an intimidating comedy party with a lot of like intimidating comedy people, and I had I had actually like I had I miss I had mistaken him for someone else a few weeks before and had like who I knew Dan met <laughs> this is a like, confusing way but I told like I knew that Dan knew this one guy and I recognized Wayne but in my head my head had crossed wires and I was like oh Dan that's your friend so and so yeah and so Dan's like oh hey so and so and Wayne's like nope that's not me and then he walked away and I was like oh god no that's Wayne Fetterman. that's not that's not the person at all so I was at this party and, but it's
1: amusing that Dan thought it was. Yeah, well,
2: Dan Dan does it like isn't great with faces. Gotcha. And so, like, I I was a, his assist a lot of the time, <laughs> and in that situation was a very bad assist because <laughs> it like created an embarrassing situation for three people. But um, yeah, at this party, I walked up to him and said, "Hey, I'm so sorry. Like, I I did that. I I know your name, and I just had a brain malfunction. And we ended up talking for like three hours, and just had such a great time talking. And then we became think that i saw him somewhere else and we just like always gravitated towards each other Mm -hmm. and like arguing with each other we equally annoy and fascinate each other (laughs) so then we decided to have a podcast which is just us talking for 55 minutes But
1: it's very entertaining thanks yeah he's
0: He's a really funny guy i like him but i love his name (laughs) i really do like wayne fetterman (laughs) yeah it's it's a a good name. name it's a solid name and it could be so many things like you could be hockey player you mm. could be a senator you yeah, could be yeah. a comedian It's it's got a lot of character it really You're does right, Yeah. and I've never told him this because it sounds really
2: stupid I think it he'd love sound to hear stupid. It. it it sounds, sounds stupid creepy at all. yeah creepy <laughs> it sounds like you've been thinking about his name
0: I haven't but which be- would be fine yeah no it's just be flatter. Yeah. I'll do it next time I'll pat him down to make sure he doesn't have pepper spray for <laughs> 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 or a restraining order
1: <laughs> Aaron I'm so glad that we got the chance to do this Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. Hope I didn't bum you guys out too much over a divorce.
1: (laughs) did not. So tell people where they should go to find you and um, plug anything you'd like to plug. Well, if you are in the UK
2: in August, I'm going to be performing at the Edinburgh Fringe, a brand new solo show called Love You Loudly, where I'll talk kind of about these things, but in a really funny way. Uh, and you can find my podcast, This Feels Terrible and Human Conversation, on my website, Aramagathy.com. And Twitter is Aramagathy. And
1: uh, I'm on the streets. We <laughs> <laughs> can find you on the streets on the near, near the Cunningham house, yeah. <laughs> which is not near where I live. Not at all. <laughs> I still don't know where it is. It it might be. Um, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, if you want to come find me, I prefer you find me on Twitter than in my home. Um, <laughs> at Allison Rosen on Twitter. The follow Twitter's feed. Twitter's feed? What the hell? Follow the show's Twitter feed. At A-R-I-Y-M-B-F.
0: Twitter's feed. That was the name of the uh, farm that uh, Aaron was volunteering <laughs> right, Twitter's <on>.
1: feed. <laughs> um, I'm on Snapchat. Allison Rosen BFF. I'm on Facebook. I'm, D-Quant's on the snappy. That's my husband <laughs> saying that earnestly, but he does every time he says it. I like. I'm like, eh. don't say, <laughs> don't, don't call it snappy. Don't. But he's committed. <laughs> Jeff, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox.
1: All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
0: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?